0: for absence. I have two apologies so far. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, public speaking first. We've got Johanna Murphy. Sorry, Johanna Murphy, would you like to come?
1: I am Jo Murphy. I live at 56 Stortford Road, Great Dunmo. I'm supported here by my neighbours Gemma Fenn and Jill Clements. We've all lived here for over 10 years. My two neighbours both run businesses based in Uttlesford and I work part-time for One Life who run the sports centres across Uttlesford. We are all very much committed to this area. Since last July, we have had travellers on the pathways around the green opposite our homes on six separate occasions. They currently reside on the piece of tarmac that divides the green in two, an old piece of road that is owned by UDC. Tonight we're here to raise the issue of protection and barriers for this strip of land. Unfortunately, since we began reporting these visits by travellers to UDC, you have not taken one step to try to prevent access to the green by the travellers. Can we ask why this is, especially given the fact that Dunmo Town Council have even offered to pay for the barriers? Councillors have advised us that in order to prevent access, we should park our own cars across the path. Is this really the response of a modern local authority? Park your car across it? We would rather have proper gates or barriers or even turfing the whole road over to make it into one green. We understand the need for buggies or mobility scooters to be able to use the pathways. What we are proposing would be no different from barriers that exist on other narrow pathways. Ironically... Currently, users of mobility scooters and the like are unable to use the path because of the very travellers that are blocking it. We've got video evidence if you want to look at it. The travellers have a huge impact on those living on the green. My neighbour's eight-year-old son goes to bed every night, whether the travellers are there or not, and says, will they be there in the morning? He does not feel comfortable playing out on the green with his friends or letting his pets out. Faeces and sanitary waste have been left on a wooded pathway that runs between the green and local primary school. Some of the attendant detritus has spilled onto the road. A local memorial bench has been defaced, the plaque removed and so mutilated that when it was found in the bushes, the words of the actual memorial were unreadable. Local youths walk past in the evening goading and shouting abuse at the travellers. God only knows the consequences of what that interaction could lead to. Those living in houses adjacent to the green have been approached and asked for water and cider. The green has primary schools at each end providing for approximately 800 pupils. The green is used to access both schools. It is intimidating and unpleasant for both pupils and carers. Locals cannot walk their dogs whilst the vans are there and afterwards need to look out for broken glass and other debris so thoughtfully left behind. Today on the green they were shooting at the birds in the trees. The clean-up is conducted by Dunmow Town Council. Quite frankly, this is unacceptable and not the best use of council time or funds. I see that you proudly display on your website the fact that Uttlesford is one of the most desirable places to live in England. You may want to also publicise the welcome that is given to travellers and the ease with which they can access various parts of the district. Quite frankly, as tax-paying residents of Uttlesford, we feel let down by the lack of interest, let alone action shown by this council – Not one single thing has been done to halt this blight on our lives. It is unjustifiable that UDC is happy to continue to throw money at the process of removing the travellers rather than preventing them being there in the first place. Uttlesford, it's our community. Isn't that the phrase you use? If you truly believe this, then we challenge you to prove it. Stop squabbling with other local authorities and work with us, your constituents and residents, to solve this problem.
0: Here. Thank you.
2: Joe, thank you very much for coming tonight. And I am really sorry that it's taken you and your neighbours coming here tonight to get any action. Um, you, will know, no, no, you will know that over a number of months I have reported these issues to both the District Council and the County Council. They've been aware of the fact that the Town Council were happy to take some action. And as you quite correctly say, unfortunately, it's been going backwards and forwards between councils. Um, with Mr. Harbour here today, you've heard him undertake that once the travellers have been moved on by the County Traveller Unit, we will put some temporary barriers in place Thank to you. stop them going back onto this piece of land. We will also get the County Council to do something about the bit of land that they have responsibility okay. for. And we will then consult with the residents. We will hold a meeting in Dunmo with the residents at a time that's convenient to you to see how you would like to progress the better. Um, as I say, we I. Want to work I with you. We want to collaborate. Yeah, we want I can only apologise that it's taken you here to galvanise some action. I do apologise for that to you to
1: and your neighbours. <coughs> <coughs> it means to get done, we are at okay. thank,
0: thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Can we go on to item one. Can I just remind members to, who haven't done so to hand in to Peter Snow? the form regarding transaction between members, chief officers, families and the council. Mr Snow has got copies of that form if you haven't got yours. But we'd like everyone to complete it. We have to have everyone complete it for auditing purposes. We go on to item one, apologies for absence. I've received apologies from Councillor Farthing and Councillor John Freeman. Are there any other apologies? Thank you. Councillor Count?
3: Councillor Gordon.
0: Councillor Gordon, thank you. All right. Any declarations of interest? No. We go move on to item two, minutes of the meeting held on the 22nd of February 2018. Is it members wish that I sign the minutes as a correct record? Yes, Councillor Knight.
4: The uh, minutes of the meeting in respect of the first item on the agenda as presented, whilst accurate, are not fully representative of the meeting as they do not reflect all key aspects of the meeting. Naturally, minutes are only a prairie of the actual uh, meeting and the person dealing with them will choose what they feel are the most relevant points. I would appreciate the opportunity to present a document to be added, which amplified the salient points discussed in the meeting. This would be taken from the actual recording of the meeting, and I would be more than happy for this to be an agreed document before being published. As these minutes reflect on my career and integrity, it is important that a clearer and fuller picture of the proceedings is a matter of record for the future. Thank you.
0: Yes, us... So if you could pass that to Mr Snow, please, Councillor Knight. No, have...
4: So I was, I was asking permission. If I have, then I will do so. I wasn't bringing it. Yes, Thank you very much.
0: Sign these minutes on the 22nd of February. Councillor Barker. Barker. Yes. All right. Thank you. <coughs> right. I'll just sign the last page. Yes. Ranger.
5: Ch- yes, Chairman. Yes, um, I'm slightly perturbed by Council tonight's request and the implications. It would seem that we're heading towards the minutes of Council meetings being a verbatim report from the recording, um, which is going to give a lot of additional work to officers. And we've been happy in the past that the minutes has published, um, subject to a few odd corrections, um, can stand. And I'm I'm not not comfortable with that uh, decision to go forward with that thank you. Uh, Chief Executive.
4: So you're quite right, Councillor Ranger. The intention is not that minutes are a verbatim. Obviously, we have the audio recording. I think there are particular circumstances around this particular item which uh, says we, can take a, we, we need to approach it with some, an exception to that. Obviously, when we see the document, we will need to make sure that they accurately reflect the meeting, which I'm sure they will, but I do think there are occasions when there needs to be some uh, exception to that. So um, I think we should have a look at it and see if that forms that exception.
0: Councillor yes. Redfern. Right Sorry,
4: I'd just like to understand, because um, you're, you're signing the minutes to say that they're a reflection of the yes. meeting, but um, is that do we do that, or do we wait till the next meeting when Councillor Knight's had her opportunity to put her attachment to it, because we're not accepting the minutes because we want to add something to them?
0: Yes, my understanding is that Councillor Knight agrees that the minutes are accurate, but that she wishes to add something which she believes to be material which was omitted is that correct yes yes so that, so we will look at what Councillor Knight submits okay. <laughs> item three which is chairman's announcements um, been an interesting few weeks since we last met um, Pretty poor weather in some cases, trying to get to various events, so I'm very grateful to, in some cases, SL Cars for getting me there on time. Um, some good news, I as you may know, I take an interest in the police, so I took an opportunity at the High Sheriff's Awards to talk to the, one of the Assistant Chief Constables, and then I took an opportunity yesterday of talking to the Police Commissioner. As you know, the police precept has gone up, but as a result of that, Essex will be getting 150 extra officers, uh, of which something like 20 are going for operational support, some are going to deal with cybercrime, but Mr Hurst told me that he thinks that the other sort Braintree division should be getting about an extra dozen officers. Uh, I did ask the Assistant Chief Constable his view on PCSOs, which as you know, this council is financially supporting and he was very enthusiastic about PCSOs. I've been looking at voluntary organisations and we went to County Hall in Chelmsford to see the Lord Lieutenant um, give the Queen's Award for voluntary service. Um, I, I think speaking to some other members of the chain gang this Queen's Award of Voluntary Service didn't seem to be particularly well known because the law Lieutenant was saying that there were relatively few entries and there were none from Uttlesford. So I said to Councillor Hicks that I'd make sure he and others get details because, as he knows, as I know, we know there are lots of voluntary organisations in the district that are doing very good work, which should be recognised. Um, I've also had the opportunity of listening to a number of people um, giving after-dinner speeches or when I went to Chelmsford Cathedral uh, where it was for the County Council Chairman's Civic Service and the Abbot of Bealey Abbey gave the address. He has an interesting job because he's also bishop to the Falkland Islands, Tristan de Cunha and St Helena. And on his first visit to Tristan de Cunha, he was surprised that everyone on the island had turned up to attend mass. And he asked why. And he was told, well, if you live on the top of a volcano, uh, you would attend. Um, And the abbot was saying that he'd been approached by one of his uh, parishioners and the lady had said to him, Father, um, my young daughters asked me, Where do I come from? And so she replied, You are a gift of God. So the young girl went to see her father and asked the same question. And the father said, You come from monkeys. And the girl was obviously confused, so she went back to her mother. And the mother said, well, you come from my side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a good one. Um, so that I find that some of the religious people who give their homilies and addresses quite often are quite interesting in what they have got to say, particularly people in the religious orders of which this man was one. Um, I attended the day centre in Thaxted today for, um, they're doing a Commonwealth uh, marking this week for the Commonwealth and we had curry and an Indian based menu and I just reminded once again how important the work of our day centres are and I talked to the people who were attending and I didn't realise that Thaxted day centres is open five days a week And the people there were saying how much they value the service that our day centre provides. Um, Just one other announcement. I'm holding an event at the Southampton Museum next Tuesday to really showcase the museum and also to showcase the castle. Both the castle and the museum, the council and the museum society are putting a lot of work in to try through the heritage lottery to try to improve things there. I think as Councillor Chambers would agree there's a lot of exciting work going on there and so we're going to have a talk by the curator about the work of the museum and by Mr Orte about the work we're doing on the castle. Do you want to say something, Councillor Chambers?
3: Thank you, Mr Chairman. Yes, um, members, I don't know whether you have all been to the museum or not. I suspect most of you have been to the museum in Saffron Walden, but there might be one or two of you in the far distant south of the district that hasn't been there. Of course, you have your own things in the, north of the, in the south of the district anyway, but Saffron Walden Museum is one of the best small museums, certainly in East Anglia and in the country. Now if you go, being from farming stock if you go to the museum they have an exhibition there about, especially about farming and if you think about farming in simple terms like when you were young and you'd have to be very young and there was one gentleman behind a one single uh, horse plough going up and down and they used to plough one acre a day one acre a day if you look at it now and it'll give you the whole range of of farming, you've now got 500 horsepower tractors with 16 furrows behind, each furrow being three times the size of that one single one, and they can plough something like 50 acres in a day. Mind you, if you think about it, there was only one person behind that horse, they had to feed it some hay, but if you have one of these large tractors, you're talking about a 1,000 gallons of diesel a day. A day. So, you've got to put it all into context. Anyway, getting back to what you said, Mr Chairman, was, that it would be delightful if as many of you as possible could come and support your chairman at the museum, because it's the museum plus the castle. A lot of restoration work has been done on the, ca- on the castle, with grants from uh, the district council but what we actually would like to see is that the castle in the future becomes something that the whole community of us can use it's going to cost a lot of money it's a long term project but it is on its way so I do urge you come to the, please come to the museum next week the sun will be shining you'll be able to walk round the car park have a game of tennis if you want to even perhaps have a drink Do and hopefully support the Chairman's Charity. Thank you Mr. Chairman. Councillor Chambers. excellent
0: PR as I expected. (laughs) Uh, Just just to conclude, uh, yesterday we had the decoration ceremony for the High Sheriff. We've got a new High Sheriff Brian Borough uh, who's um, said that he was told that he had his first gin and tonic at the age of three and This probably wasn't a great surprise because he's the master of the Worshipful Company of Distillers because his family firm is James Borough and who, where Beefhater, is synonymous with the name of Borough. So uh, he's the new high sheriff from uh, yesterday. And just to finish off, I was reading a review uh, On the Secret Lives of Britain's Country Houses, 1939-1945. to As some of us know, Audley End had a Polish section of the SOE, and recruits were trained in silent killing, the preferred method being strangulation. At the time, Polish people in general did not share our traditional British sentimentality towards cats, So the British commander at the time, when he heard of an increase in the number of cats disappearing from the streets of Saffron Walden, felt obliged to deliver the recruits a strong word of warning. Um, The Polish at the end, uh, 316 operatives were recruited into Poland, of whom 108 uh, lost their lives. And one uh, veteran wrote that... And when his comrades were in prison or in Gestapo torture chambers, they thought about Audley End House and the pleasant memories that they had there when training helped to sustain them. So with that, we will move on to item four and I'll invite Councillor Rolfe to make any announcements, not an agenda.
6: Sadly, Chairman, I can't top uh, your summary, so I've got nothing to add tonight. Thank you.
0: well apparently it's a true story Um, item 5 member questions sorry any other comments by members of the executive no Um, item 5 members questions to the leader members of the executive and chairman of committees councillor Foley
7: yes um, I'll do two things actually first of all thank you uh, for replying to the letter about the Burnfield sites and your mention of uh, Carver Barracks. So I'll take this opportunity, maybe, can you give us an update on the Carver Barracks in regard to the running track, please?
6: I sort of can. Um, This council has voted to invest half a million pounds in sporting facilities at Carver Barracks, and it still stands by that commitment. Uh, However, within the MOD, there has been a change of department that is responsible for the delivery of projects such as the running track. As part of this change, a review of the agreed heads of terms has been undertaken and a couple of internal challenges have arisen. And uh, I'll say at this point that clearly this council will wish to protect our investment. So the MOD is currently working through these uh, challenges.
7: Does it regard? Sorry. Does it uh, the challenges? Does it affect the proposed date of che You know, I'm get, going getting at of t- approximately 200, uh, 2030, about the, ch- the, the 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 timing of the release of the ground. Okay. The- No, that's an entirely
6: separate subject. So uh, in terms of the MOD announcement, there's been no further announcement around that, so we assume that we we, we hear the last message, which, as you say, is early 2030s, and at that point, obviously, at any future local plan, that would be a material um, piece of uh, of the jigsaw. That's an entirely separate issue albeit slightly related, of course, because if we're putting in an investment, what is the long-term continuity of that? So they are slightly related, but they're, 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 they are two separate issues.
8: Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, I missed declarations of interest earlier, by the way, so could I just declare an interest as a long-standing member of Stop, Stand, Set, Expansion, which well, the airport comes up later in the agenda... I'd just like to, if I may, ask um, Councillor Barker about the motion that was agreed at the last Council meeting about equalities as to whether there's been any progress on that so far and, for instance, whether there's been any discussion about whether the subject of equalities sits under the Governance Committee or is it still too early on that topic? Thank you.
2: Thank you, Councillor Dean. Um, Since the last meeting of the Council, the scoping for the internal audit on equality and diversity is sitting with the Chief Executive. That will be actioned shortly, and once that's been undertaken, that will be reported back to Council or to the Governor's Committee uh, for decision on how we move that forwards. Um, I would prefer it to come back to full Council for a full discussion.
0: Item 6. No matters have been notified to me about joint arrangements or from external organisations. Move on to Item 7. Governance, Audit and Performance Committee Annual Report. I will invite Councillor Oliver to present the Annual Report of this Committee.
9: Thank you, Chairman. It's my pleasure to... Present the annual report 1718 for the Governance, Audits and Performance Committee. Um, you've got the report, it runs through the three or four pages. You'll see <coughs> that the external audit went extremely well this year, and I think we, as a council, would like to thank Adrian Webb and his team for all the work they did, and you'll notice that at the a, the, the, the audit fees were reduced because the work was of a high standard. Our, our work was of a high standard, and we also gained additional subsidy payment from the work they had done. And also, I'd like to thank one of our unsung heroes, Sheila Bronson, who leads the internal audit department, for all the work that she does with her team. I'd like those two minuted if they could be. Thank you. I move. Are there
0: any questions to Councillor Oliver? Councillor Gerard.
10: Yes, thank you very much, Mr Chairman. Um, Councillor Oliver, I just wanted to just check um, on the, uh, in, in, the, in the report on the local plan costs. Um, I note that the costs reported for 16.17. Forgive me for not possibly knowing the story before that because I wasn't here, but do you know what the costs were for 15.16? 16 The
9: answer to that is, off the top of my head, no. But I will ensure that you are given the information. Thank you very much.
0: Any other questions to Councillor Oliver? Right, I think we're just noting this report, so thank you, Councillor Oliver. We move on to item 8, scrutiny committee annual report. I'll ask Councillor Dean to present the annual report of the scrutiny committee.
8: Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, The report, as members will see, is set out in 21 uh, paragraphs. Um, I'm only going to very briefly refer to paragraphs uh, 17 to 21, which is very much uh, a looking forward uh, part of the committee's most recent work where we uh, had received a report from the Centre for Public Scrutiny. uh, Mr. Parry, Ian Parry, came along to our last meeting. Um, We found it a very informative and helpful report and it needs to be turned into an action plan. So I I draw your particular attention to paragraphs 17 to 21. And just one thing that um, there was one area that I think he emphasised most strongly, that it is the Scrutiny Committee's primary job to hold the cabinet to account. Uh, Councils that don't have cabinets have the old, well, I say the old, the other system of of committees don't have uh, scrutiny committees. And it was suggested that we hadn't perhaps been quite as uh, rigorous in holding the cabinet to account as we could do. Uh, There was, uh, at the last meeting, there was a a view that um, came from the direction of the cabinet that it, it, felt, it felt that the committee was perhaps too inquisitorial um, and aimed at producing headlines. And it was interesting that uh, Mr Parry's response to that was that uh, he cautioned against what he perceived might be a, a too cosy relationship between scrutiny and the cabinet and that it was one of the roles of scrutiny to bring to the attention of the public uh, what was going on within the council um, and therefore things like newspaper headlines weren't a bad thing because that's one way in which one keeps the public informed about what's going on so uh, watch this space and we will be uh, or I will be going to the um, next meeting of the cabinet in May uh, where the cabinet will be provided with the full um, report from the CFPS and uh, there may well be a discussion at that meeting in more detail. Thank
0: you. Any questions to
3: Councillor Dean? Yes, Councillor James. Mr Chairman, could I, could I just say that um, I was there for some of the meeting. I didn't get there early, but I was there for some of the meeting. And one of the things I think that Mr Parry felt quite important, which I'm sure Mr Dean remembers was, or Councillor Dean, was that uh, the scrutiny committee there is to scrutinise the cabinet, of course, and to scrutinise decisions that are made, but it would be very helpful if members of the cabinet could be present to answer questions that the scrutiny might like to ask them. Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there was one member of the um, cabinet who regularly visits, and the others... not. Perhaps quite so much, Uh, but in which case, perhaps I could ask Councillor uh, Dean to include in his report uh, what Mr Parry said about that and what he thought was a good idea. I hope Councillor Dean doesn't disagree with what I've said. Thank you, Mr Chairman.
8: I thank uh, Councillor Chambers for his supplementary report.
3: So, the report
6: is well worth reading. Um, it is a balanced report, quite critical in part, um, and I think we should all be cognizant of what the role of a scrutiny committee is. In answer to Councillor Chambers' point, um, the whole Cabinet will not be sitting in on every scrutiny meeting,
2: um,
6: and I'm not aware of any requests for the Cabinet to attend, barring illness or holiday, when they haven't done so. So um, if an item comes up as part of somebody's portfolio, they will be there.
3: If I may, Mr Chairman, uh, I'm sure Councillor Dean has taken that on board and has realised that, you know, it's not... um, I won't say any more about that because I might drop my foot in it even further. But, uh, yes, we shall be asking, if I'm still on the scrutiny committee, we shall be asking members of the Cabinet, not all at once, because that would be silly, but to attend on occasions when something comes up that's necessary. Thank you.
0: Councillor DEAN? No. And then we move on to Item 9, Notice of Motion on Sky Lanterns and Helium Balloons. I am going to invite Councillor Howe to propose, propose the motion on the agenda paper. It has been seconded by Councillor Lachlan.
10: Thank you, Chairman. Councillors, I will be the first to acknowledge that this is not perhaps the the highest priority for all councillors, um, and having gone to the briefing before this meeting on the local plan, um, I, I understand the, 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 the importance of this in the context of the, of the wider environment in which we operate. Nevertheless, it is a subject that I feel very strongly about, and I know that Councillor Lachlan feels very strongly about and does so for many years. Um, And I've been meaning to put forward a resolution like this for years and years, and I'm cross with myself for not having done so. Last summer, I had a Victor Meldrew moment. Uh, It was just before the harvest. It was really dry, and I watched four um, Chinese lanterns, sky lanterns, float across the fields, and I thought, and I won't repeat what I said, because it's not repeatable, but it is astonishing that people can assume that letting off a lit lantern in the middle of summer is anything but a stupid idea. It's dangerous to crops, it's dangerous to livestock, they're dangerous to wildlife, they're a significant fire risk, they are an astonishing risk when you come to think about aviation and the like. And I, I ought to declare that I live in a thatched property. <coughs> there are a hundred, nearly a 100 thatched properties in my ward. There are many hundreds of thatched properties across this district. And the idea that people think that letting some of these things off in the summer sky is anything other than a madness amazes me. But they are also a massive litter nuisance as well. Um, the second part of this motion deals with what I've referred to as helium balloons. Um, and I need to emphasise what this is not about as much as what this is about. This is not about banning party balloons. I love parties and I love balloons. This is not about an argument about whether helium is a finite resource or not. I'll leave that to someone else to debate if they want to. This is not about the difference between latex and the plastic um, balloons that take many, many years to, 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 to biodegrade. This is all about littering. Um, and to give you some context, um, I, I recognise that for 10, 15 seconds as you release a balloon, it looks very, very pretty. But putting that 15 seconds in the context of how long it lasts, a 21-year-old who releases one is likely to celebrate their 51st birthday before it has degenerated. And what struck me most of all, it was a couple of weeks ago, going for a walk and starting to pick up these wretched balloons. And I'm not prone to theatrical gestures, but I'm going to do something. I am going to show you that's what that is. What I picked up in the course of one weekend walking my dogs. Um, I picked up 17 of these wretched things in hedgerows and the waterways Within a mile of my house, keeping to footpaths and byways, not actually making much of an effort to find them. They were just there. There were 17 of them. And if there are 17 within a mile of my house, I I won't do the maths, but I'm assuming there are hundreds across our district. um, And they do not decompose. They, they, They are there. There are some there that I reckon have been there for years and they will continue to be there for years. They are an absolute menace. Um, I I do need to acknowledge and accept that that this has generated quite a lot of email traffic and I'm very grateful to people who tried to improve this motion. I do want it to be a motion that we can all support and so I apologise. I have actually added Um, and this was circulated prior to the meeting, an item seven on the actions that I hope that this council will support. And the seventh one is to request that the licensing committee give some consideration to the inclusion of a condition of entertainment licenses to prevent balloons and sky lantern release. I can't dictate what the licensing committee does, but if this motion gets the support of council, I hope that they will listen to council and reflect on this. I've also had a, a request from councillor Morris And she's made a very good point, which has been made to me by other people, which is that helium balloons, while they may be the the shorthand that everyone knows and recognises, you type in helium balloons, and eBay will send you, or, or Amazon will give you hundreds of different suppliers. They don't all use helium. They use combinations of different gases. I'm just interested in balloons, if I'm absolutely honest about it. So, if you don't mind, could we propose the motion with seven in red, and delete the words helium in one and helium in six. Um, I think that probably tries to cover everyone's comments along the way. I want this to be something that we as a council can unite behind. They are a menace. We are passionate about trying to get to grips with littering across the district, and maybe it's not the biggest example of littering, but it's certainly one of the ones that irritates me the most. Thank you.
0: Councillor Howe, Councillor Loughlin, you're seconding this motion. Did you want to speak to it?
4: Thank you. Well, I'm very glad this has come up now because I've had a one-man crusade about this for years, even going into shops in Bishop Stalkford, begging them not to sell them. These uh, uh, Chinese lanterns because they are so dangerous. I also married a farmer's son, so I know the effect it has on animals, especially goats, because they have no class, they'll eat anything. And uh, so I just hope that uh, everybody could find it in them to support this motion because I actually think it's a start and we ought to do that.
0: Thank you. Any comments on the
3: motion? Councillor Chambers, and then Councillor Freeman, and then Councillor Lee. Uh, Mr Chairman, uh, c- can I say that I wholeheartedly agree with this and I think that um, what the, uh, on item 7 is definitely, I, if, um, if this is passed, I hope the Council wouldn't mind if I look into it and see what can be done. But I think it is a case of health and safety because it's not only animals, it's not only crops, it could be human beings as well because where you have dry periods of time and you have, I know it's laughing about thatch cottages but I live in a thatch cottage so perhaps I should declare an interest but nevertheless, whether it's a thatch cottage or not if there's still a light and somebody's out and it happens to catch something and it causes a fire then we are talking about possibly people's welfare because there might be somebody in the house it could be anything at all so I, I do hope that you will support this and if you do support it uh, and you'd like me to look in to see if the possibility of something we can do, I'd be delighted to do so. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Freeman.
7: Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I have difficulty with removing the helium, and the reason why I have difficulty with removing it is if the balloons that Councillor Howell has encountered, I, I imagine they all found their way there by floating, uh, and if they float, they're going to have helium in them. Balloons without helium don't float so well. Uh, They'll float a bit, but they won't float so well. So helium is the resource which always offends me in these balloons. because once it's gone, it's gone. Uh, And the nearest source outside of the Earth is actually the North Pole of the Moon. And you can't actually take a bus there. It's a hard place to get to. So uh, I think removing helium is not a good thing from this. The other thing that faintly concerns me is that I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember when there were nuclear-free authorities, when councils went on record and saying we're a nuclear-free authority. We'll have no nuclear here, you know, Uh, and it was a bit of a strange thing. I think uh, my reading says it was mainly Labour councils and it was mainly as a slight to Margaret Thatcher that this was done. It was about 30 years ago. Uh, But I think that it's a a similar sort of, we, we are open to ridicule by uh, I say actually you ban balloons um, but I don't necessarily have a problem with it it's just that I could imagine that the public would say well is this really why we've elected these people to, to sit down and ban balloons it's a, a strange thing the sky lanterns I have no problems with I can, I can see the challenge there and the hazard but I'd like to retain helium
0: Can I just be clear Councillor Freem are, are you wanting a deletion of the word helium
7: balloons. No, I want to retain helium because the helium balloons float. You can also fill them with hydrogen. They'll float then, but there'll be an explosive... Yeah, you're just opposed to the deletion of the word helium. I don't want... The, I would prefer to keep helium in the... In yes, understood. The yeah,
0: understood. OK, Councillor Lees.
1: Sorry. Um, I also like the idea of keeping the helium because I think the public recognise what that is, the balloons. Um, I have to congratulate Elston Parish Council here because they've already done this. They've already said on their land, uh, when they hire that any hall in Elston, no sky lanterns or helium balloons will be released. And actually, if you walk, I walk my dog two hours a day We don't see quite so many helium balloons around our area now, and people have taken it on board and it has stopped, so it does work even at a really small level, and I fully absolutely support it. I think it's great.
0: Councillor Howe, have you got any comments to what Councillor Freeman has said?
10: Uh, Thank you, Chairman. Um, I I made the point that, that the members of the public know what they mean by helium, Uh, And all balloons are commonly called helium balloons. I, I do need to clarify one point. This is not about party balloons. This is about the release of party balloons. But I very definitely defer to Councillor Freeman's greater knowledge than me as a scientist. If he tells me that if you don't put helium in it, it isn't going to float very much, then I accept that what I have picked up here are helium balloons. All I want is to make sure that we ban balloons that float away and then land somewhere else, because wherever they land, they then become litter. So I took out the word helium because Councillor Morris (laughs) thought that it would be a helpful contribution. But if it is the wish of this Council that we include the word helium, this is about releasing balloons, not party balloons. So put helium in by all means. Put it back in, please.
0: Thank you. I've got quite a few other comments. Uh, Is it Councillor Dean next? And then Councillor Ranger, then I've got Councillor Jones, Councillor Fairhurst, Gerard, and almost everybody.
8: Well following on from the last item, Mr. Chairman, I've been scrutinizing the grammar. <laughs> and item seven should have a two at the beginning of it. And as a licensing committee is a singular body, the word gives, sh- gives should have an S on the end of it. <laughs> And that's because Being it comes from a member of the cabinet. Uh, no.
5: Yes quite.
0: yes, quite. Yes, thank you,
8: Chairman. Um,
5: I, I, I was going to agree with uh, Councillor Freeman. I yeah. am. Um, we we should have the word helium in there, and I think if we take it out, we would need to put or other lighter-than-air gas-filled balloons, or <laughs> or something to that extent. So helium in inverted commas would do fine. Right. I think. Accepted that. Councillor Jones.
11: Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, I was going to propose a, a somewhat less contentious amendment that we delete helium, insert gas filled. Uh
0: I've got Councillor Fairhurst.
5: Mr Chairman, I'm, thank you for letting me speak. Um, my concern is banning anything without due research. I think what Councillor Chambers suggested is far more respectable. Let's look into it and let's come up with words that we can actually recognise. The word to me, balloon to me, doesn't mean anything like what he suggested. When I saw those foil balloons, I was quite surprised. They they do look rather nice. But I have a vested interest. I have four children. They've all loved balloons in their day. So I don't think we want to ban balloons, as you pointed out. We want to ban certain vehicular creatures that are released into the air and land. Can we just please rather take a little bit of time, research this creature and come back with something that we can all understand, That is it's much more precise. All right, Councillor Gerard.
10: Thank you very much. Um, just a, a simple thing on item one of your agenda. If you, where it says, and helium balloons, at the moment it reads, supporting a ban of oh, balloons. So simply uh, insert the word and the release of balloons and you're covered. That's a good point.
0: So, on the piece of paper, it does say to support a ban on the release of sky lanterns and helium balloons. I've got Councillor Hargreaves.
11: Thank you, Chair. Uh, first of all, could I just declare that I used to work for a uh, balloon manufacturer? LAUGHTER uh, in, 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 in Bishop, in Bishop Stalkford we made uh, latex balloons and uh, foil balloons which are what those are, not plastic balloons. Uh, As a while ago and how shall I put this, they unilaterally decided to dispense with my services uh, so I don't have any particular uh, s- uh, sympathy with them. Um, yeah. um, two questions please. One is um, how many, how many Professional balloon releases actually take place, please, in Uttlesford in a year. By the way, those would not be professional balloon releases. Professional balloon releases would be the latex ones. So, how, so what, is the, what is the scale of the, of the problem? Um, and the second thing is, so I'm actually on the littering bit, uh, about we going to treat release of these things, whatever they're defined as, as potential littering offences, which could be prosecution or um, fixed penalty notices. Now, setting aside whether we have or have not got officer resource and whatever to actually do that, um, I have never actually witnessed a, a professional balloon release in my whole life, but I have witnessed hundreds and hundreds of firework displays. And there's one in Newport every year, and it blasts a huge quantity of rubbish all over the place. And despite the best efforts of the firework people to machine it up, it is actually on the recreation ground pretty much the whole of the following year. And then you come round to the next November the 5th, and you can see where this is going. So I think was a mention down here about ridicule. The issue here is, if we're banning for littering, one particular type of aerial release, why are we not on this same logic banning firework displays? Uh, and you could talk about the noises and the animals and everything else, uh, disturbing the animals. So uh, there's, a, there's an issue here of selectively choosing to ban something, but also an issue of possible ridicule. Why is this council bothering about something which really we never actually see happening? Uh, If this motion had just been lanterns, clearly that's stupid. They should be banned. If it's the release of those foil balloons and the plastic balloons that last forever, which are not professional releases, yes, of course. But I think it's an issue here with picking something out, singling something out, and not not actually tackling, if we chose to, something which is greater. Councillor Susan Barker.
2: Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, as the Cabinet Member responsible for licensing and the Cabinet responsible for littering, um, I actually asked Councillor Howe to include the the last um, amendment. Um, If we look on the website, we are a long way behind the curve. We've heard that other parishes have done it. Um, Essex County Council adopted this policy many years ago, and if Councillor Chambers wants a good example, look at the Tendering District website where... Council made a recommendation to the licensing committee to go and sort something out. and Rather than reinvent the wheel, go and see what some of the other councils have done, how they put this into practice, and, uh, you know, let's get on with it. Let's not worry about that with their helium, lighter than air, gas-filled. We are dealing with helium balloons, Chinese or sky lanterns. Let's get as many of them as we can out of our district. They're horrible things in our hedges. Um, they're all around my area, I don't know where they come from they could be one or two at a party they could be a professional event I see more of the one or two at a party you know, granddad's 50 or something but they're horrible things and let's just get on with it and get rid of them
0: Thank you, Councillor Knight Councillor.
4: Um, I had absolutely no problem with supporting um, the Chinese lantern um, ban but ever the marketing person Um, and thinking of how we'll be represented by the public I'm a great lover of balloons and I've always enjoyed as a particular child and I think even more as my second dotage of buying one to see how far it will go Um, and so I had a problem with um, the business of banning, that we're using the word banning. I never think that's a good thing for us to say we're going to ban something. I think there's a far more subtle way of approaching it. Um, And I said to uh, Councillor Jones, I had a problem with balloons, I wish they'd left that out. And he gave me a very graphic and horrific report of how many animals are affected and hurt. So not just a question of litter, animals will eat these things. As soon as he said that I'm I'm in for the kill completely now, but could we word it a little bit better than ban, and for a little bit of pathos, so that the, the